G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, we love to check in with Family Voice Australia. Charles Newington is the National Director of Family Voice. Charles, welcome along to 2020. Uh, Thank you, Neil. Good morning. Charles, let's start off with uh, just a quick reference here to one of those stories we keep hearing. You know, the government uh, ploughed an extra billion plus dollars into the idea of uh, domestic violence and trying to prevent that with the coronavirus pandemic. Domestic violence is on the rise as Australians are in this social isolation phase and researchers are putting a spotlight on, on why men kill their partners. What's the story here? Yes, it's uh, it's research into those patterns and potential key warning signs because um, it's 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 a relatively common uh, occurrence that 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 uh, that a man will kill his partner. About seventy people are killed uh, every year uh, in Australia, and um, I suppose I was a little surprised that um, that that this uh, this has taken so long, you know, to get to this particular point where targeted re- research is being done. There's a lot of research that's being done on domestic violence, but this one is going to involve hundreds of cases um, uh, being being poured over and interviews and things like that in order to identify those patterns and potential key warning signs. That'll be very helpful. Yeah. Uh, let's not dwell too much on that except to say uh, that'll be welcome research, uh, identifying patterns and potential key warning signs. Uh, Police, they've busted a horrific child sex abuse ring. You've been following that along a little closely too. Yes, uh, people may be aware of the way in which um, what the countries called the Five Eyes countries, which is um, uh, Australia, US, UK, Canada and uh, New Zealand are collaborating on on, uh, controlling um, sexual abuse, online sexual abuse particularly. And this is one of those cases where the US tipped us off, tipped the AFP off, and they they identified um, uh, 16 people here in Australia that were producing really horrific rape videos and images here right in our country. You know, we tend to think that this is not a, an Australian problem, but there it was. So they arrested these people and they've charged them with uh, 738 child exploit- exploitation and sexual abuse offences. And uh, the big thing about this is that... Um, um, I mean, it's absolutely horrible, but the commissioner here, our commissioner here that's uh, responsible for this made the observation that during this this uh, period of uh, of the coronavirus where people haven't been working as much and had more time at home, there's been a spike in the use of the dark web, uh, congestion, uh, so much traffic uh, uh, looking for this kind of pornography. And uh, it just highlights the virtue of work, you know, that work... Uh, work um, uh, keeps us, um, or that old saying, idle hands, you know, 
find uh, bad things to do, as it were. So, um, yeah, work can be virtuous, keeps us out of trouble. Uh, Lose the work, more time on your hands, uh, dealing with the issues around social isolation and how you might approach even that grief you feel from having your job loss or Mm. uh, the normality of your life thrown into turmoil and uh, what people can be easily exposed to. Uh, Charles, a very interesting one to draw attention to. Hey, Anzac Day this coming Saturday, a day like no other. Uh, You've had a few thoughts about how you might be celebrating Anzac Day. Uh, just uh, before we get into, uh, you know, just the, some of the changes going on, Charles, uh, how are you going to be celebrating or commemorating Anzac Day on Saturday? Uh, well, I'm I'm going to participate in the RSL's initiative, uh, Light Up the Dawn, you know, uh, which is to be standing on my driveway uh, at 6am, uh, you know, with a with a candle and um, and just some paraphernalia that relates to, to Anzac Day to take a moment there to remember... Uh, those that have paid such a, a huge price for our freedoms, and of course, and, family uh, and, voice. And that's something you'll see on our website. Actually, we've put we've put resources, including the links to the RSL uh, Light Up the Dawn page, and also uh, things like um, y- you know activities for children um, to do and things like that. Um, I'm sure people will find it useful. And you know, the activities for children is especially important this year because while some children love to go along with their parents and be part of commemoration services on Anzac Day, uh, not all children get to go and do that and sometimes they get to a certain age where they don't want to go along and do that. But this is a really wonderful opportunity. So when you talk about some resources, activities for children, uh, great time for families to do something together to include their children in Anzac Day commemorations. Excellent. No, I agree with you. I think that um, that that's one of the un- unanticipated uh, benefits of this time is it's giving parents a time to actually get involved in the education of their children because there's been a kind of an almost unseen wall, an invisible wall between the school life of children and, uh, you know, the work the teachers do with children and parents. And I think it's a great thing to do. This is actually sort of education for life, isn't it? And it is a different Anzac remembrance this year in so many respects, given that we're reminded of troops coming home at the end of World War One and bringing with them the Spanish flu. And there's some similarities in what's happening with COVID-19 right now, a very different way of looking at Anzac Day and a whole new dimension to reflect on. Yes, we had... Um we had thousands of people coming back from uh, from uh, you know the conflict in Europe and and the Middle East and and um, I think a, a lot of them had injuries you know they had injuries of body or mind uh, and mind uh, and um, and so our hospitals were already uh, um, and you know our health services were already involved in trying to help the soldiers from that and then along came this um, Spanish flu and. Uh, people's metabolisms, you know, their immune systems were, had been had been lowered uh, because of the the the, the war conditions, and uh, this this epidemic just uh, just was devastating. Some special honour here to RSLs because sometimes, I guess, in a modern age, when you don't connect so readily to the formation of the RSL, we can appreciate the valuable work that they do, given how the RSL really was proving so valuable in those times when our diggers came home from war. And as you say, not only uh, physical, but also mental uh, challenges that they faced, having faced the trauma they did. 
Yes, there's there's a number of um, you know quite a bit of writing about the fact that the the circumstances of the war were so horrific that the men found that it, it it was just not an era either when men opened up about these things and so they they'd keep with the suffering that they'd seen and participated in very internal to their own uh, feelings and uh, and who was there to talk to who could understand and and people you know also just in normal life found it difficult to know how to talk to people who uh, came home without a limb or something like that or the evidences of their conflict and um, people just trying to be polite, I think, would 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 not talk rather than engage um, returned soldiers. And so the RSLs became a kind of a haven for them, where they were understood. And it's it's such an important issue today when we have uh, returned soldiers coming back from from arenas of conflict like um, like Iraq or like Afghanistan, and so many of them finding the mental stress of that um, huge. And uh, you know the, the the rate of suicides among returned soldiers to, these days. Is, is is a kind of a new challenge for the RSL and organisations like that. Charles, wars are expensive exercises on their own and the world was going through its own challenges recovering after World War One. On the back of that, they had the Spanish flu pandemic, which only served to exacerbate the financial challenge that happened you know, back in the, uh, at the end of World War I. Uh, we don't have a war that we're coming out of the back of this time, but we are going to be emerging from another uh, great pandemic. Uh, are there any lessons or thoughts that have come from 100 years ago that might be relevant for today? Well, um, I noticed an article by Alan Kohler. He's an economist, uh, writes in that area, and um, and in some ways it was a it's perhaps one of the most important articles for us uh, to, to read in the last week. And he's talking about the financial implications of the the, the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic, and uh, he mentions that. Um, that governments around the world, the total government debt around the world is about $107 trillion. And uh, and this COVID-19 pandemic has added a further about $15 trillion. That's $15,000 billion uh, globally to um, to government debts, which when we think about the few billion that that we as a country are investing in 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 you know keeping the nation working and keeping the the nation just ready for work when 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 the the gun goes off as it were um it seems small by comparison but um, he 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 observes that the governments are getting this money from central banks and um and they're they're passing it straight through to companies or to individuals um as one might pass sandbags to try to stop the flood um and uh, but they have to pay or repay the the loans, of course, which are just absolutely huge. And the likelihood of being able to repay these loans is getting less and less. So um, that, that's uh, this is something that he's he's saying that nevertheless there's going to be obligations to 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 repay these debts that are going to going to tighten the economy for a while, certainly. Uh, you've noticed, and I imagine on the back of those comments by uh, the commentator Alan Kohler, that uh, that when uh, the lender secures the debt with collateral, 
they are trying to make sure that the debt is paid and there are some extenuating circumstances where uh, debts can be relieved uh, or forgiven but uh, that's not the way it's supposed to work and it takes major uh, unrest and, and huge developments to, to cause that to happen. Uh, there's an interesting parallel here, isn't there, in, in the way we as Christians uh, think about justice and debts that need to be paid. Yes, uh, uh, the payment of debts is a very central idea, uh, uh, very central to the Christian idea of justice. You know, that, and it's interesting, isn't it? You know, that's why we call it the Judeo-Christian ethic, because on the one hand, the the, the Judeo aspect refers to the Old Testament that talks very much about the justice of things like the payment of debts, and the Christian ethic speaks very much about how how you manage it when that's just not possible, the, the process of forgiveness and of mercy. Because the, the debt that we owe um, is not just a, a financial one. You know, we have moral obligations to to other people and uh, to society uh, that uh, that may have been the result of a misspent youth. Or, uh, that's certainly the, my, my case. <laughs> that's gone on for a very long time, <laughs> my misspent youth. Yeah. Uh, but um, I'm conscious of the fact that I owe a debt to, um, to, to God and to society, and it's not something that's easily paid. Um, and uh, so th- this great ethic that undergirds our society, the Judeo-Christian ethic, says that both are important. The justice of paying one's debts is vital, but on the other hand... Um, um, God has found a way by which he does, uh, he, he does violence neither to his law nor to his people. And, uh, and he's done that in, in, in his son, Jesus, that Jesus stands there as the one who settles our, our debt. Uh, and he does it in a remarkable way because um, he, 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 he calls us not only to receive forgiveness, but if we are to, if we are to receive it, we must extend it. Um, and that's in the in the Lord's prayer. Uh, forgive us our debts, as we forgive them that sin against us. And uh, this is speaking primarily about the, the the moral debt that we owe to people, because let's face it, we do live in a somewhat selfish manner, and we take advantage of people, um, you know, in all sorts of different ways, and not always materially. But um, that's that's the the, the um, you know this great part of our cultural undergirding and uh, and and in the move away from the Christian Judeo Christian ethic, this is part of the inherent the cultural heritage that we 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 could be losing, and which is absolutely fundamental when it comes to you know critical situations like today when we're. We've got huge debts that we know, you know, the, the likelihood of us repaying them. These were not debts that we that, that were incurred because of irresponsibility. These were debts that were recur, incurred because of acts of um, acts of care, acts of justice, and uh, and uh, and it's a tricky one. But that's that's uh, that all. You know, is underneath is is this Judeo-Christian ethic that informs our values and our understanding of what we do with great debts. Charles, great thoughts, because if we think of the central banks as the ones who are undergirding the debts to nations, uh, the idea that 
most of us just want the debts to be forgotten. Hey, why don't we just clear the slate and start again? But uh, that almost puts the central banks in the role of God here because uh, this might be a very interesting thing as it unfolds to see how the central banks might actually behave here because uh, they might not forgive as readily as God forgives. When we talk about the way, you know, God forgives sins uh, because of his mercy and his grace, well, I wonder whether central banks will be as merciful and grace gracious as uh, as what we think they ought to be because we just want it to be forgotten but those debts are not going away i wonder i wonder how the hammer comes down when the central bank calls in the loans yes well in the christian um, in the christian model god is able to forgive us because christ has paid the debt uh, in the central banking situation there's nobody else to pay the debt so what they do is they just hang the governments out for as long as possible till they till this, a circumstance arises like we saw in Greece recently that the the, that the Greeks uh, governments have been paying these uh, the bankers and paying the bankers uh, because of the national debt to a point where it's evident that the country was becoming bankrupt and the bankers were going to get nothing out of it anyway it was like the bank the whole nation was under administration now and 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 that's uh, and and but by that time the the, re- the level of interest that's been paid over the 20 years or 30 years or whatever it's more than paid the debt um, and then this is the this is uh, this is the challenge that then the pol- politics get I- I- into the situation where it becomes politically um, uh, inconvenient for the bankers to keep holding this over the country, and they and they they uh, they cancel uh, or the, the debt because you know it's just they, otherwise the banks get get burnt type thing. So it's um, but in in the Christian ethic, God does not just forgive because it doesn't matter. He actually resolves because it does matter. And when I think about life uh, and uh, the way in which we offend against each other, you know, sometimes we offend against each other's innocence or against one another's capacity to trust, ability to trust or to love. And we see a world and a nation and a, a, a full of people like that that are carrying these deep wounds, deep psychological and spiritual wounds uh, because of their social interactions. These are the things that, that Christ is actually dealing with and so that he can not just heal the offense, but so that he can heal the offender as well, and uh, that's the marvel of uh, the marvel of the death of Christ that he 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 resolves both ends of the offence. Wow, it's great to talk through these sorts of issues, Charles, and uh, to talk about the central banks lending to the nations at a time when trillions are being borrowed to keep economies afloat, a recognition that there is a debt that's accumulating and somehow or other the debt has to be paid. To draw that alignment there and uh, to talk about the salvation that God has given to humanity in an economic sense, recognizing that God has himself balanced the books. The debt has been paid and God was the one who graciously and mercifully paid the debt for each individual. And uh, just a powerful way of uh, bringing an analogy to what's happening uh, in the current world today. And uh, there's going to be a challenge there and no doubt uh, some sort of conversations around this are going to eventuate as we go. But uh, given that the uh, there is a, a tremendous ethic at work here, that we can draw some analogies and recognise just how full of grace and mercy our God is. Charles Newington's the National Director of Family Voice Australia. Let me point you to the website, familyvoice.org.au, and uh, check out the issues that Family Voice is addressing those campaigns that they are involved in 
uh, they'll need the support of listeners uh, to continue the good work that they do. And uh, as Charles mentioned, there are some resources there, especially those children's resources that will be very helpful this coming Anzac Day morning as you're commemorating Anzac Day at your home, perhaps just at the end of your driveway. But including your children, there's some resources on the website. So Family Voice Australia, familyvoice.org.au. Charles Newington, great catch up. Uh, Look forward to chatting again next week. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.